Welcome to Monday afternoon, the day after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Hope you're feeling okay. Hope you're all recovered from your Super Bowl parties. And we've got a great show for you today and a great week to kick off for you. First of all, you're watching on the cameras. I'm just going to put this on. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No big deal. Big deal. No big deal. It's just a gold big medal. Big deal. Just a gold Hardware. Medal. Some yeah, hardware. Chiefs aren't the only ones that won a championship yesterday. Maggie was a gold medal on uneven bars. Woohoo! Go, Maggie, go! Bronze on vault. No big deal. Just another day at work. I'll wear the gold medal today. Go, Maggie! Celebrate. Um, get some inf- in- in- interesting news Re- regarding the Super Bowl. There's, of course... All kinds of reaction from the commercials and from the game and all of that. But there's also political stories coming out of it that both impact local politics and national politics. We'll get into those as we go through the story. Uh, But believe it or not, the Chiefs Super Bowl victory could further delay the legislative session in Missouri, which is... That's all we need is another distraction. Get into that in a little bit. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, also, the... So Katie and I were talking before the show, and I knew, I predicted as I was watching yesterday that her and I, that you and I would have different opinions on a lot of things yes. involving the yes. Super Bowl. Uh-huh. So I wasn't even going to really watch because just because I just don't care about the Chiefs or the 49ers. But we were, as I said, we had my daughter had a gymnastics meet in Kansas City yesterday afternoon. So we drove to mm-hmm. Kansas City in the morning, had the meet, and drove home. And during the drive home was when the Super Bowl was on. And it, watching the Super Bowl is better than most things mm-hmm. when you're driving home. So the Super Bowl was on our phone, you know, in the little holder there on the dashboard. So they're watching it. My wife is watching it. My daughter's watching it. I'm listening and watching as I'm driving and so I, I, I took in a lot more of the Super Bowl than I intended to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have some thoughts. One of the things that stood out to me as I was taking little notes to talk about was Super Bowl commercials, and I even wrote down in my original notes. If you're watching on the cameras, I even wrote RFK commercial. That I wrote that before I realized that the RFK commercial has actually ruffled some feathers. I just thought it was an interesting commercial because it was basically he took one of JFK's commercials from the 60s, one of his campaign ads from the 60s, mm-hmm. and just superimposed his face on it a couple times. And instead of like vote Kennedy or vote Democrat, it said vote independent. But it was basically one of his uncles, one of JFK's presidential campaigns. Apparently that rubs some folks the wrong way. RFK has had to apologize to family members over his Super Bowl ad, claiming he had no involvement in the ad itself. Did you did you see it? Are you aware of? I only saw the tail end. I didn't get to see the rest of it. Real old school. I mean, it was it was literally the a commercial from the sixties. So it looked like a commercial from the sixties. Kennedy, Kennedy. Everybody loves to vote Kennedy. <laughs> That's, that was the commercial? I mean, very close That's to that. Incredible. Yes, very close to that. Yes. <clears throat> Robert F. Kennedy apologized to members of his family for a surprise Super Bowl ad that heavily featured his connection to his uncle. American Values 2024 pack ran the 30-second ad for $7 million. The clip is a throwback to an ad used by his uncle JFK in the 1960 presidential campaign. 
The ad replacing JFK's face with RFK Jr.'s face implores viewers to vote independent. RFK Jr.'s cousin, Body Shriver, first complained about the ad in a post last night writing that his uncle, his uncles and his mother would have never approved of RFK's RFK Jr.'s deadly health care views. Bobby Shriver put out a, this statement saying, quote, my cousin's Super Bowl ad used our uncle's faces and my mother's. She would be appalled by his deadly health care views. Respect for science, vaccines, and health care equity were in her DNA. She strongly supported my health care work, which he opposes. So. There's some squabble happening amongst the Kennedys. We can have a, we can get into that claim if if you want to uh, saying that <clears throat> saying that we haven't followed haven't learned a lot from the science and haven't followed mm-hmm. the science and the mm-hmm. science hasn't and data hasn't uh proven that a lot of the things that we did during covid were patently false and the wrong thing to do is a whole nother conversation so far from an rfk junior supporter but i take a lot of issue with what Bobby Shriver just claims about medical information. But setting that aside, mm-hmm. he's upset about his, about him using his mom, about RFK Jr. using his mom and, and leaning on JFK imagery to, you know, break through with this political ad. RFK Jr. replied with the, with this statement, Bobby, I'm so sorry. If that advertisement caused you pain, the ad was created and aired by the American Values Super PAC without my involvement or approvals from my campaign. Federal rules prohibit Super PACs from consulting with me or my staff. Mm. I send you and your family my sincerest apologies. God bless you. And then he followed that up with a more generic statement to the public that was directed, obviously, at specifically to his cousin. Mm hmm. And he followed that up with a more generic statement saying that his it, it, it offering a general apology to any of his family members who were hurt by the ad, stating once again that, quote, FEC rules prohibit super PACs from from consulting with me or my staff, which I find pretty interesting that somebody can run an ad to the entire world without seven million dollars mm-hmm. for 30 seconds. Mm hmm. And the person that the ad is for has no Clue. input, consultation, or now I, I'm sure there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of weeds there. I'm sure there's a lot of <laughs> of of learning about exactly what that yeah, rule says and, and all mm-hmm. of that. I, I'm sure it's not as cut and dry as that. Mm-hmm. But I, when I when I first saw him say that he had nothing to do with it, I was like, "Oh, of course you had something to do with it." There's, it's your face on it's a Super name. Bowl commercial. Mm-hmm. It cost a lot of money. But then he says that it's against the rules, which I did not realize. And if that is in, indeed the rules, then is that right? So should should a super PAC be able to it run a commercial so. like that without the? So they can say whatever they want. I mean, even if they're endorsing you, 
But still, they can say whatever you want without consulting right. you. No, that because what if they right. say something wrong and then they all and then they uh, accidentally make you look even worse? Well, and I think <clears throat> this is a really again. I I side with you on like all of the the technicalities and things involving COVID and the vaccine. I'll put that all aside because yeah. I don't agree with what he said. <laughs> you could go down two roads when you're talking about this right. this, this issue. But I do agree with him in the fact that. If someone used my mom or my someone that I loved in a video sure. that I didn't approve of and that no one warned me about and they were using it in a political operative political agenda way. I mean, I definitely understand where he's coming from saying you're using somebody that I love and I wasn't aware of this. But I also have to say I, I agree on that point, but I think it's very big of Kennedy to come out. On Twitter, even, hopefully it was more than just a tweet. Hopefully they actually had an interaction, whether it be phone call, whatever. But I do love that he came out and said, I'm sorry. I had nothing to do with this. This was not in my hands. It was out of my control. And I am truly sorry for this because I also think that that's missing in politics, mm-hmm. too. The whole thing to me is very strange, though, because yeah, is I there a problem with that rule? I think it's a huge problem. I think that I think there's a huge problem with that. I don't think that you should be using anybody's. It kind of goes back to what you fight for with uh, college students and having their likeness being used and then not gaining profit from it whenever they're, you know, doing something for their college and, you know, they're not getting paid. I think the same thing about this. If you're using someone's image, if you're using someone's name, they should be aware they should be well aware. They should be informed what you're doing and they should have the final say, yes or no. On this package that's being released. Devil's advocate to that is that, of course, if the candidates are controlled by or influenced by or have any influence on the super PACs, then, you know, that could create a ethics problem with raising money. The reason that there are super PACs is so that the candidates themselves aren't personally getting all of that money. And it's supposed to it's supposed to take out some of those ethical corruption Mm. issues. I think this does, though, if nothing else, it kind of shows a spotlight on just how weird, complicated, potentially corrupt, at least it can be potentially corrupt, when there are campaigns that make that raise tens of millions of dollars and where all that money goes and how totally. it's spent. I think people for a good reason don't understand how all of that works and why it goes to super PACs and why you can't donate so much to a certain candidate. And do they get to keep that money and how much do they get to keep and what can they do with it? Like it really show it just really shows a spotlight that that is a that it's messy. Was there the any- way that the way that that is done? Is yeah, the way that we handle campaign fundraising and tens Finances. of millions and all of that mm-hmm. is messy at best. Was there any other political commercials? I didn't see any other political commercials other than. This one, and I only saw the tail end, and then I saw Biden doing his small little video at the very beginning talking about well, shrinkflation. And not doing an interview. Not doing an interview. This is what he did instead. It was like a 45-second, 50-second yeah. video instead right. of the interview. Which is traditionally an opportunity for the President of the United States to 
speak to the American people on a huge platform and do a, a fairly long interview, you know, 15, 20 minutes traditionally. And for him to pass on that, I mean, especially coming off of last week's report. Yeah. It's if there was ever a time that you needed to step up and show the American voters mm-hmm. that you're with it, that you're sharp, this was it, and this just makes it look even worse he, that you won't go, that, that he passed on it, this. I, he, on this video, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but this video that was produced and that was totally controlled because Biden needed to have it controlled, he looked... Again, old. He was clearly reading off the teleprompter. His eyes were scanning the teleprompter that was in front of him reading off of it. He sounded old. And it was all about boosting up Bidenomics, all about how he's done like this quick turnaround with the economy and about how stores are trying to manipulate you into buying smaller products, but it's costing more. It was just totally, it was unbelievably political and and those are the two only political things commercial wise that I saw. Maybe I missed some, but yeah, that's I didn't, it. I didn't watch. I, I missed a lot of the Super Bowl. I mean, I and also driving. I wasn't watching the commercials very as closely as I think most people were. And we missed a big chunk of the first half also because we were still in the, in the meet. So I I didn't see any. I didn't actually see the Biden interview live. I've watched it since. And also, I took away from that, here is the Super Bowl, which is the, which is the highlight, the biggest highlight of the year of consumerism, mm-hmm. capitalism. This is every major brand, every major company in the country, if not the world, is on display with these elaborate, expensive, highly produced commercials. So this is everybody. Bud Light, McDonald's. I mean, every major Coca-Cola. You know, every major company that you can think of. Every corporate entity. Like, corporatism is never more on display than during the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And the president comes on in the middle of one of those breaks where you're seeing all of these commercials, these corporate commercials to say, you know what's wrong with this country? Big companies. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm not like, I'm just saying the irony, the timing of that for him to come out in the middle of that and make his message about, you know what's wrong with this country? You know who are the bad guys? Big companies. Big companies. When every big company in the country is on display in your face. I didn't even think about in that. In that same. I didn't even think about that, but that is really what <laughs> So are we saying. not supposed... I will argue about the Super Bowl commercials later, folks. Uh-huh. Later on in the show, we'll have a little fun at the end of the show. Katie and I have very different takes on some <laughs> of the... On some of the uh, uh, the things that happened during the Super Bowl yesterday, specifically the commercials and things like that, I'm not sticking up for the commercials. I think the commercials are dumb. I I don't get it. I don't think they're funny. I don't think they're entertaining. 
I think they are cringy at best and just pointless at worst, I guess. But uh, so I'm not sticking up for them. But for Biden to attack the, all the companies that are on display in that moment, are right, so what are you supposed to, as you, if you are watching the, the the Super Bowl and you're watching, you're somebody that watches the commercials and loves the commercials, are you supposed to like walk away from that going, oh, maybe I shouldn't be enjoying these. Maybe I shouldn't be yeah, supporting these maybe I shouldn't companies that are on. And maybe I course, shouldn't laugh at that that $50 million Dunkin' Donuts commercial that has 15 hey now, advertisers in it and hold on <laughs> now. 15 celebrities in it. There, but the what else was funny? This It's not funny, but like... It is funny. It is funny. But it, it's in a bad way, a but it's way. funny. It's a bad, he, sad way. He went back to the... He's trying now to use ice cream. You know how everybody makes fun <laughs> of Joe Biden as... Mr. Ice Cream likes ice cream. He loves ice cream, and everybody has made it like a long-standing joke because of this obsession he has with ice cream. He's trying to use that, like he's trying to use Let's Go Brandon and all these other things to like be like, "I'm Mr. Cool." Like mm-hmm. you could say, "I'm Mr. Ice Cream," but I'll use it to my advantage. Yeah, and he used that in this too. He's like, "Everybody knows I like ice cream. Everyone knows that yeah. I'm an ice cream guy." It's like, uh, dude, Mm-mm. it's you're not. He thinks it's not he's working. connecting. He thinks he's being relatable. He thinks he's connecting. It's not working. It's not working. It's not. We know you love ice cream. Yeah. We're using it in a different way. A different I, just tone. the whole, yeah, the timing of that, the fact that he didn't do his interview. Yes. I've got some, we'll, we'll get to it later on as we go through the show today, but there are people calling out, I mean, like Democrat, big name Democrats mm-hmm. in, in the media and politicians that are saying exactly what what we just said, calling out the president on the hills of last week. Like, how can the a dem, speaking from that side, Democrats are saying, how can we support you? How can we tell the American people? How can we tell our voters that this report about you is not true, and you are sharp, and you are with it, and you are mentally capable? If you won't even go in front of them for 15 or 20 minutes during the Super Bowl like every other president. Yeah. And it just makes you, the timing of that. So bad. And I, I really believe, I mean, it's people that run presidential campaigns are smart people. They know, they have instincts that tell them what are the right things to do and wrong things to do. That's why he does the ice cream yeah. stuff. Because they... They're trying to make him relatable. They're trying to make him connect to people. They know that, especially after that report last week, He's how got to bad be and it looks. They know how bad it looks that yeah. he doesn't come out and do that interview. But if it's even what to me, what is so telling is that apparently it's even worse. Like they know it's bad that he's not going to do that interview. Mm hmm. But it must be even worse for him to do the interview, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which really tells you something. Yeah. They know they're going to take a hit for him not doing that 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 interview, especially after that what report is it? last week. But they know that it's probably even worse if he does do it. That is telling. What does it say about him even attempting to do a debate with Trump? <gasps> if he can't sit down for 15 minutes and do an interview with a friendly before the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl interview is a puff piece. It's totally meant for that. It's totally meant for that. It but is a puff 
How He's, is he going to get through? If he the can't debate? do a twenty-minute interview, a twenty-minute puff piece during the Super Bowl, how can he stand on a podium in front of a podium for two hours with the bulldog, with no break, with no chance to recoup, and have to answer even whether it's? I mean, you're right with Trump there breathing down his neck. But just trying to give answers off the cuff about the border and the war and education and crime without without being scripted, with with having to do that on the fly. If you can't do a twenty minute puff piece interview, no hope this year. Good. I hope we get to see it. Me too. Because it will be amazing. All right, great show today. As I mentioned, Rob Carter from The Rob Carter Show will join us in a little less than an hour, just after 3 o'clock. Virginia Cruda from The Daily Wire will join us here in about 20 minutes. And Chad Clayman from the Clayman Real Estate Group is here. We're going to have company live in studio. Chad will join us next on Colombo and Katie on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. As I said, just after 3 o'clock, Rob Carter from the Rob Carter Show going to join us. Virginia Cruder from the Daily Wire will be with us in about 15 minutes. And right now, if you're watching on the cameras, you see that we have company over. I love it when company visits, Katie. Chad Clayman from the Clayman Real Estate Group is here. Great to see you. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming in the day after the Super Bowl. Sometimes it's tough to get people. Especially with that Chiefs win. Yeah, a- absolutely. Win. The overtime, too. It's uh, you know, incredible. Incredible. Uh, after like uh, I turned uh, thirty five, it's like my bedtime. You know, after nine thirty, ten brother. o'clock. It's, oh yeah. yeah. David and I were like, wait, it's ten. We're trying to peel ourselves off of the couch. I'm like, why is this so long? But I had to see. I had to see them get the trophy. I had to see a little kiss with Taylor Swift. I know how you feel about it, but I had yeah, to see it all. I didn't have to see any of that, I but I did think the game was. I did it think the game was good, and I think a lot of people learned about uh, overtime rules that they were not aware of uh, beforehand. Th- that was actually one of you the having most- trouble hearing because we can hear you fine. Yeah, we can yeah. hear you fine. You can you hear good. us? Oh yeah, that's yeah, much okay. much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah, th- I actually that was one of the most looked at Google searches. Was overtime what, rules, yeah, overtime rules, yeah. and something else too. Well, it's but, changed so many times recently. I think that people just w- couldn't keep up. Yeah, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it was a it was an interesting. I, night. I think there was a prop bet too. And I'm curious on what the over under <laughs> was on on how many times they showed Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it was like 18 the last time I looked. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know if it hit. It didn't hit, but it, oh it had to be close. I would guess that the I was actually surprised at how few times they went to her. So I oh, bet the really? under. Yeah, was mm-hmm. uh. So yeah. So Chad, thanks again for for being here this afternoon. It, Katie and I have talked a lot on this show um, uh, about markets, about the housing market, some of the changes there, and, and some of the um, you know various services that people can uh, take advantage of that maybe they weren't aware of. And I know that your your company services a very specific um, need for people. So just I, I have some questions, but just tell us about uh, fill people in on exactly you know what you guys specialize there at the. What we do is in a nutshell is we simplify the home sale for somebody that wants an easier solution than the traditional manner of listing it and putting it on the market and going through the entire process of marketing it and having people through their house. So what our process looks like is somebody would call us direct um, or. 
they could even have their agent call us. We'd come out to the property. We would do a one-time walkthrough, and then we're going to buy the house exactly the way it sits on their timeline with no contingencies. So if somebody called and they said, Chad, hey, I have a house. I want to sell it, and I don't want 10 people coming through during the marketing process. I don't want to have to deal with the inspections that a buyer might have. And I don't want to have to deal with multiple agents and multiple people involved and multiple parties involved. Please come out and just take a look at it. And you know, I'd appreciate it if you give me a, a, an offer. Mm-hmm. We'd come out, we'd evaluate on what we thought uh, we could pay for the property. Uh, then we would make an all cash as is offer and we can close on their timeline. Um, and, around their situation so sometimes what happens is people say hey i i'm looking for a place for my mom to move i'm not exactly sure she wants to move but i know or when she's going to move but i know i want to get this house sold so we can cross that off the list and remove that piece of stress what we can do is we can come in and buy it and provide a flexible closing date and say hey we can close on or before six months and if you figure out where you're going to move prior to then then we can close whenever whenever you want to uh and if you still need more time in the six months it can be flexible so we can move it around based on your situation yeah. i you 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 touched on something there that i think is is so important as because as you're talking i'm thinking about how many times have you been have you provided relief to a family like if there's if there's an unfortunate situation and you know uh, uh an older family's member the house needs to be sold but there's four or five different people and like kids or relatives involved and they all have a different point of view or argument about and you can come in and just take care of that or if somebody's out of town and they have to you know somebody that doesn't live in the market that the house is in because of family that doesn't have time to you know come into the you know fly to home and Mm -hmm. take care of that that they can that you can just take that pressure off of off of those people i think yeah and it is a pressure relief what we've realized is what people value sometimes is more than money i'm not the right buyer if someone wants to absolutely maximize their home sale i'm the right buyer on somebody that wants to get a fair offer for their house with the least amount of headaches and hassles possible to simplify their home sale so for in the situation you're referring to the uh, a family um, that maybe one person lives in town and three people live out of state or, you know, one one or whatever the situation is. And it, it doesn't make sense for the person that lives in town to go through the entire process of cleaning and painting and changing carpets, changing out appliances and modernizing a house that hasn't been updated since, you know, 1965. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they're going to be splitting the proceeds with all their siblings anyway, where they say, okay, you know, what would you offer just the way it sits? We're going to be splitting it four ways and you can really simplify that sale. And, and what I tell people again is like, I'm not like, you don't call me if you want to make the most money possible because my job is to buy property for hopefully a little bit less than what it's worth, put some money into it and then sell it for the most money possible. And that's how I make a living. But we have to start by buying it for a fair price, but a little bit less than what it's worth. However, you're getting what you're getting instead of that is time. Yes. Less stress, less headache and simplicity, simplicity. And especially with those people that are splitting the proceeds multiple ways within airs, it sometimes makes even more sense because maybe they would have made an extra $15,000. But if they have three siblings, the, the one sibling that's pinged to do all the work is probably not worth their time and their hassle to, to go through that entire process. Me, such a great point. Go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Such a great point because, as you said, you may make 15000 more, but 
it also could take five more months. Yeah. And what's and what's more important? Yeah. The simplicity and a clean break and moving on. Like time is money. Not to be cringy or you know <laughs> cliche about it, but time is money also. So. Yeah, and like the reality is sometimes what we do is we we break it down to people and we say, look, how long do you think it'll take you to get it ready? And they they say four months. And and then what are they going to put to put in the house? And they say this. And then how much are you going to pay the real estate commission? And once you wipe all that stuff away, the amount of the difference between selling it to me now, not paying the taxes and the insurance while they own the house, not having a house sit vacant for three months, removing that stress, it ends up being a number that's usually a lot more palatable than people would think when they're calling somebody that says, oh, I buy houses as is. Well, what does it actually look like from a number standpoint? Once we break it down to people, sometimes they feel better about it too. Chad, let me ask you about this because there's a lot of people that have had issues with homes. Let's say like a water break or something like that, damaged floors, damaged roof, things of that nature that they're also like, we're trying to sell this house. I don't know what to do with it. This is a handful. Are those, is that kind of properties that you guys deal with as well? A- absolutely. So we buy houses anywhere from Festus to Winsville all throughout the county and the city um, and parts of the Lake of the Ozarks uh, on the Missouri side. And we buy parts of Illinois, um, like this greater St. Louis area on the Illinois side. And then we buy in any condition. So going off the, the specific example you referred to, we bought a house earlier this year in Glendale. And the reason the seller called me is he said, I have foundation issues. Yeah, I don't want to have to disclose this to buyers. I don't want in three years to be dealing with a lawsuit on a potential buyer by not disclosing properly. I'm selling it as is so I can remove myself of any liability and let you deal with the stuff. So I went in, I assessed the foundation issues in this particular situation. I knew there was issues. So I brought my foundation guy that I deal with consistently with the house with me. And by the time I left the house, I was able to make him an all cash contingent free um, full or non-disclosure, whatever you want to describe it, offer where he had no risk or no liability. You know, after we after we sold the property. Yeah, talking to Chad Clayman from uh, the Clayman Real Estate Group, and we got, I'd love to have you back on because we only have a few minutes left, and there's there's so many other layers of this that I would like to talk to you about sometime, but. I think another important thing is the the timing of the market. And I wanted to ask you, like, I I bought, I sold and bought a new house about a year and a half ago. So fairly recently, it was definitely a di- different now than than it is now. Mm-hmm. But it's still, and correct me if I'm wrong, very much a seller's market just because of the supply and demand aspect of things. That if you do have a house to sell. You don't want to. You don't want the opportunity of the seller's market to pass you by. So, not a good time to wait. Like strike while the window is still open. Is that is that a fair? Yeah, I, I think there's. I think there's some reality to what you're saying as far as strike while the iron's hot. But um, when when we buy property, like I, I never want anyone making decisions out of fear because like ultimately, like I'm not a fortune teller. I can't predict the future of the market. What I can say is that. The inventory is still at an all-time low um, from a historical standpoint. We have less inventory today than we had pre-COVID in 2019. Um, we're not at the acute low uh, at the acute um, low number of houses uh, available, but we are still at a point in the market where there's there's certainly more buyers than there are sellers, and we're paying higher price today than we did in 2021 and 2020. So. We are still paying strong numbers. Where's the market going? 
I don't know. You know, construction prices are still very expensive, and ultimately there's still more demand than there is supply. Um, so until there's something changes where construction price you know comes down to where they can build affordable houses, it doesn't seem reasonable to expect that we're going to see like a price decelerization or a price decrease. We might see a decelerization. I guess that's the right word. If you think about it, if you're on the highway, you're going fast and you get off the highway and you're on the exit ramp, you're still going forward, just not the quite same speed. That's kind of the way I consider the market today. But again, you know, construction prices are still super high. And so we're still paying big numbers for houses if, from a historical standpoint. And we're still being very aggressive with our offers. But if you're saying, do I need to do it now or do I need to do it in the next few months? You know, I don't think anything's changing in the immediate future and, and we'll still be here and ready to make an offer when and if you, you get to that point. So if somebody's listening, Chad, and they, they fall perfectly into one of those scenarios that we were discussing uh, a moment ago or uh, realize that whatever situation they're in, that you're the perfect solution for that. What are all the best ways that people can learn more about the uh, claimant group and contact you guys? Yeah. So if you find you can find us online at claimengroup.com, K-L-A-M-E-N group.com, um, where you can learn more about us. You can see kind of about the history of our family business, um, or you can reach out to me direct. I'll give you my cell, 314-359-3139. I'm really trying to make a presence in the radio world a little bit, so I'm giving people my cell to to prove that I'm serious. So again, 314-359-3139 or find us online at claimengroup.com, K-L-A-M-E-N group.com. Chad Clayman, I hope we can get you back soon. Uh, Thanks, there's Chad. lots of, I think that, uh, you know, not only the service that you provide, but, uh, you know, what's going on with the housing market is super interesting. And I know that we could have, I know we could probably talk for an hour and not to get to, and not get to all of it. So yeah, yeah. Big time. It. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, great to see you. All right, we are going to talk to Virginia Cruda from The Daily Wire. There's some drama with Kamala Harris surrounding the southern border and that uh, report that came out last week and her reaction to it. We'll talk about that stuff and more with Virginia next on Columbo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 101.994.1 News Talk STL. There's Taylor. There's Taylor. Look at Blake Lively. Oh my gosh. What a woman. I also what got a, a I also got a um, uh, education and ice spice. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. From my 13-year-old daughter last night. That's getting below. That's, that's There's one of the people that were up in the mm-hmm. was ice spice. That's the generation below me. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Now we're getting too far for me. We learned about Super Bowl overtime rules. I learned about Ice Spice. Mm-hmm. Learned a lot we're of learning. things uh, yesterday during the Super Bowl. Let's learn some more with our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Wire, who has been uh, battling the, the, the COVID. Virginia, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, and I hope you are starting to feel better, my friend. How are you? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I I do feel better. I don't sound good, but um, you know, we'll just we'll just roll with it. Right? Okay. 
<laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for be, uh, being here when uh, you're you're fighting through this. Um, I know that you you have some uh, you've got some articles up at the Daily Wire regarding the the Super Bowl, specifically Travis Kelsey <laughs> and Andy Reid and some of their uh, oh, yeah. issues on the sideline yesterday that has been blown up in the media, but um, uh, is kind of at least trying to be kind of held hush hush. I think by Kelsey and the Chiefs. Could you fill us in on that uh, on that story? Well, there there was a um, there was an interception, I believe, and or there was a fumble, and Travis Kelsey was apparently not part of the next play that Andy Reid called, and he was not happy about it, and so he approached him on the sidelines and basically body checked him. Yeah, got a little physical. And you know, Andy Reid's a big guy, but so is Travis Kelsey. Hmm. Yeah. And Andy Reid's also 65. Right. So so it did not look great. And he he kind of manhandled him a little bit and yelled in his face. <laughs> and then, of course, it blew up on the Internet because everybody's like, why is he abusing the coach? <laughs> But, but winning the game probably makes things uh, makes things a whole lot better for everybody. Is my is my guess that uh, that that hoisting that Lombardi Trophy probably uh, uh, right. took away a lot of the uh, a lot of the arguments there. The tension, yeah, a lot of the tension, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm gonna probably have to cut it off. Okay, yeah, no, I, okay. I, I agree uh, completely, Virginia. Thanks for the thanks for the attempt, but definitely please take care of yourself yeah. and feel better soon. Okay, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, she did. She um got got COVID. She has COVID. Yeah. So God bless her because know. you know we said like don't worry about it if you can, and she wanted to come on. She missed last week. She's yes. been sick for a while. Yeah, she's and she's had COVID a few yeah, times. Yeah, we certainly so. appreciate it. We, we certainly appreciate it. But uh, I get it. This little radio show is not worth it. No, no, no. Take care of Take yourself. Take the throat lozenger and hang out for sure. I hope Virginia starts to feel better, and she's working because she's got new articles up uh, yeah. at thedailywire.com. So make sure that you check out Virginia's stuff on thedailywire.com. We also post her stories. Uh, uh, many of them on our website, NewstalkSTL.com, so you can read her stuff, and we'll get her back on soon when she is feeling better. Um, I mentioned the Kamala Harris situation, and that is one thing that we haven't had a chance to talk to Virginia about. I can't wait to get her thoughts on the – on. we didn't talk to her last week, so we never got a chance to get her thoughts on the Robert Her uh, story, the yeah. investigation in general. And now, as the reaction pours out from it, things not looking good. Uh, Kamala Harris – has been has done an interview where she says that she's ready to serve as Democrats sound the alarm about Joe Biden's age and ability to lead in the wake of that interview. In a recent interview with the Wall Street Journal, Vice President Kamala Harris says that she is ready to serve as concern over President Biden's age and mental fitness continue to grow, notably among members of the Democratic Party itself. Vice President said, quote, I am ready to serve. There's no question about that. And anyone who observes my work walks away fully aware uh-huh. of my capacity to lead. I've observed your work, Miss Vice President. And yeah, and the lack thereof. Since Special Counsel Robert Hur's report last week, Democrats have been voicing greater concern surrounding Biden's age and whether that could hurt his chances at winning re-election next year. Former President Bill Clinton's lead strategist, James Carville. Nobody, it, 
No show talks about James Carvel more than this one. He argued over the weekend during an interview that the White House has little confidence in Biden after he turned down the Super Bowl interview, something that we talked about a moment ago. James Carville, one of the many Democrats who have pointed out this is a bad, a bad sign, a bad look. If you can't do a puff piece layup yeah. interview during yep. the Super Bowl, how are you expected to perform on the debate stage or on the campaign trail or in your everyday decision making yeah. as president of the United States? James Carville said over the weekend, quote, it's the biggest television audience, not even close, and you get a chance to do a 20, 25-minute interview on that day and you don't do it. That's kind of a sign that the staff or yourself doesn't have much confidence in you. There's no other way to read it. It's exactly what I said earlier, that the staff knows, especially the campaign staff knows, how bad this looks to turn down the interview. So... But if they know that, but if they think that that's that that's better than doing the interview, knowing you're going to take flack for it, that that's still better than doing the interview because you know that the interview is going to look bad. This is a no-win situation. This is a no-win situation, and I also there's also a third element to what you talked about previously, and and you named off, you know, he has a very not highly intelligent, but he does have a staff surrounding him that know how to work campaigns and have that kind of mindset. The other thing that has to be put into context whenever they reject something like this is that they probably could have controlled the room down to the question. They could have controlled probably the person that was going to even do this interview and oh. not control in like a you know malicious no way. doubt but they could have staged and and had both hands firmly around this product from question to answer to person to every aspect of every way these are the questions these are the questions that presidents it. get during the super bowl interview they get questions like what's at a White House, Joe Biden White House yeah. Super Bowl party. What are the apps? It's a day in the life it, of yeah. Joe Biden. What, are, what a great spectacle of American sport and, and people coming together from all walks of life to watch one game. Isn't that wonderful, Mr. President? Yeah. I mean, these Easy. are the type of questions that they get. What's your favorite, you, you know, chicken wings or... Nacho right. dip, right? You, which do you prefer as your favorite side item at your Super Bowl party? Like those are literally the questions. Who do you think's gonna win? You know, like it is. is there, it is as puff piece as possible. Is there a possibility? Puff piece as possible. Puff piece. That's hard. Puff puff puff. <laughs> is there a possibility at all that Biden just said, "I don't want to do this because I want to chill and watch the Super Bowl with my no. family." No, there's no chance of that at all. But I don't think so either. No. But there's is no there chance of that any chance that he and Jill are like, no, we don't no. want to do He's it? He's the president of the United States. This is this is traditionally something the president does. This is about as easy as it gets as it gets for the president of the United States. Another slam dunk. And too. he's not able to do that. Could have been. It's really concerning, especially on the heels of that report. Democratic strategist uh, Paul Begala, who is a regular on CNN said that last week's indictment of uh, Biden's memory and his subsequent response was, quote, terrible for Democrats. McCullough said mm -hmm. over the weekend, quote, 
Oh, yeah, look, I'm a Biden supporter and I slept like a baby last night. By that, I mean I woke up every two hours crying and wet the bed. <laughs> this is terrible for Democrats and anybody with a functioning brain knows that. Woke I mean, up multiple times. In those are Democrats time. saying that. Those are Democrat strategists saying that this is a bad look. That on the heels of that report, he can't come out and do the Super Bowl interview. Not only is it just like the mental faculties and all of that not being there, but Joe Biden is also very, very much so losing the likability and relatable factor, which were really the only things going for him. And so you miss a piece like this. There's so the the two things that you really had going for you are now falling to the yeah. wayside. Dan Bongino did a great job earlier today talking about that, like the likability and the Uncle Joe image that Biden tried to create and successfully did in he many did. regards. Yeah, is Go one on. crumbling, two never was the truth. He was he's never been that sweet, friendly Uncle Joe. He's always been. A plagiarist, mm-hmm. a power-hungry, influence peddler, liar to the voters. Yeah, it's just now getting exposed at more of a, you know, more than it's ever been before. But it's always been there. Uh, I want to talk about that stuff. Continue this conversation with Rob Carter. Also, speaking of the vice president, uh, there has been again some internal issues with her regarding the southern border. Uh, Biden officials calling her behind the scenes ineffective when it comes to the southern border. Also, Joe Biden once again reportedly raging at Benjamin Netanyahu behind the scenes, dropping bad words when it comes to the Israeli prime minister. I think that is a signal of things to come. We'll talk about all of these things and more with Rob Carter next on Colombo and Katie. 